The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Merry New Year! First of all, first and foremost, this is the last show of the year. So we thought we'd uh, give you a, a little taste of that before, because I'm pretty sure you're probably going to get this. Well, you'll probably get this before the new year, now that I think about it. But we'll see. Yeah. If you don't, you hey. Might. If you don't, hey, happy New Year's either way. Uh, I am your host, Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from another than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and in Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings, as always. Who I am sure, unlike myself, is on point with his Duolingo, as I just remembered that I did not do my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, I was like, wait. Now I'm sitting here thinking about it when we first when we started. But nevertheless, we will get to this, and maybe maybe I still got freezes, so I should be fine. But you can find this here podcast on the Cold Slither the the, the Cold Podcast Network. That's CSPN US. Do it today. <laughs> Got to love how these little outside nuggets kind of come into in the intro of the show. Uh, you can also find this here podcast on your podcast pros or place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast for the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Remember to click like, subscribe, and give us all of a great five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. All of them, all over the place, everywhere. Um, yeah, folks, like we said, this is the last Comic Book Chronicles of this year, 2022. And unlike last week where we had, uh, we, were, we were lighter on, we were lighter on, on books and kind of heavy-ish on news, it is the, kind of the opposite, where we've got a good bit of books and not a lot of news. So, yeah, this ought to be a, a fun one to round at the end of the year. Plus, it's 499th episode, which means uh, 500, our 500th episode is going to be next year, uh, next year and next week uh, in the new year. Yes, and we've got some special things in store for you, our loyal listeners and viewers, next year. It's really next week. 
year and maybe hopefully possibly we can actually bring back um the the year end um <laughs> the year end uh, uh show that we normally do uh that being counting the you know talking about the books from the end of the the or from throughout the year that we probably barely remember that we've read <laughs> i laugh i i you know like part of me wishes that everyone could see the look on my face that i gave Roddy cat i was like yeah okay you know, I, you know, it's going to be like uh, some time spent studying all of our old. Uh, 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 I wanted to say character sheets, like it was D and D. Our old um, uh, show notes, you know, for an entire year, and see what we've uh, what we've been uh, reading and what we've talked about. And yeah, indeed, and that one special sheet, the clicks of the year sheet that we that we uh, always put the data on, but. Or at least uh, somebody who always puts the data on, and I almost just, always fill that out. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the the deliberation sheets. I'm talking about the the clicks of the whole clicks of the year word. You know, oh, I see, yeah. I see, yeah, I see, yeah, I see, I see. No, I'm not talking about that. No, you're you're great on that. It's, it's everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say that deliberation <laughs> sheet is something I, I I try. You know, like as soon as it comes, I was like, I try to do it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the rest of us that have uh, kind of fallen slack for various reasons but you know what that is another show for probably next week to talk about um this week we're going to get into the books of the week uh starting off with i believe we said moon knight number 18 yes moon knight number 18 is written by jed mckay with art by federico sabatini Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So, uh, this issue of this multi issue arc is titled Party Monster. And trust me, that is a very apt title. This is basically the culmination of this structure storyline. And A lot of, you know, what's been happening in Moon Knight has basically had two stories kind of intertwined and working, uh, being these two stories kind of being told in parallel. One being this structure, quote unquote, like literally of uh, a new network of vampires basically looking to muscle in on uh, the New York action and uh, the... Zodiac, like this current version or this latest version of uh, the Zodiac. And McKay has been telling these two stories kind of uh, back and forth and, and kind of alternating between one and the other. This issue really uh, put a great capper on the structure story, but without really putting – and I hate to uh, – use this particular uh, trope because it does you know have vampiric connotations he doesn't necessarily put the nail in the coffin per se but what he does do is provide some finality to this structure storyline but still keeping the threat of the vamp of vampires in new york city around in that there is a witness left behind for uh, if you're familiar with like the pages of Avengers or with the story with, with the vampire story that's being told in Avengers and obviously that's being uh, uh, told throughout the uh, the Marvel publishing universe is that uh, 
uh, the the current Dracula-led vampire nation is holed up, you know, based out of Chernobyl, the, you know, the radioactive fallout uh, in Chernobyl, um, just, uh, you know, just on the, uh, the edges of Ukraine. So uh, ultimately what we have is, you know, the, the, the great way that Moon Knight deals with this structure story and we also have a tease of what is to come. So, you know, I really enjoyed this book. This is definitely a click of the week candidate for me because I had a great time reading it. I thought that the art really complemented McKay's kind of, you know, uh, some of the story beats that he set up. So, Yeah, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything uh, Agent 7 and 8 said. But, you know, this is kind of what... I dare say we've come to expect with Jed McKay and certain characters that, that he writes. Um, we say a similar thing about a similar, but slightly different thing about black cat moon Knight. Right. Uh, you know, being another uh, character that he writes and, and writes pretty well, you know, cause pretty much gets down to the, 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 um, some would say the core of the character, but it doesn't go to all the other stuff. Cause let's face it. Moon Knight's got a kind of a convoluted history. So it just kind of sticks to the. I feel bad about saying this, but the the Batman of it, <laughs> the Batmanness of it, a little bit. To a certain, I was gonna say to a certain extent, but you know what's right. funny is that he actually adds to the convoluted history because of Hunter's Moon and all that other stuff. This is so true. it's kind of interesting that you know you bring up uh, Moon Knight's convoluted past. He had, you know, uh, McKay has dealt with it during this run. That's no, there's no way around that. You will, if you go back to the, throughout the 18 issues, you will find aspects of the entirety of Moon Knight's past sprinkled throughout. So, um, I definitely, you know, agree with that part. Yeah. I don't know necessarily if he's stepping right into the Batman-ness of it, but more so I think the supernatural I think that would sure. be my counterpoint to sure. what you just said, well, because I, I mean, he's really stepping into the the supernatural element. No, I agree, more and so because other more so than other like runs of Moon Knight. That's my point, right? And actually, going back to his uh, yeah, and which goes back to the core of his um, when he came about, because you know, as as we know, he came about in a uh, in supernatural book, which was a uh, Werewolf by Night, and has right. always been you know in that corner. Uh, of the universe uh, in one way, shape, or form. So yeah, you know, you are absolutely right about that. So it just kind of, kind of, kind of keeps him there. And also, kind of funny because this is, um, this is another book this week that I don't think Agent Seventy read, but I did, where Dracula and the uh, and vampires end up showing up. It wasn't that that the Greg the other Greg Land book out this week. Mm, no, no, uh, no, no, no. Okay. Exterminators. Oh, I skimmed that. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah. Yeah, I skimmed it, so you feel free to spoil it when you discuss it. But. Yeah, yeah. That's not much to it, but it's good. But anyway, well, but, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But um, to, to wrap up Moon Knight, yeah, that was the, the whole thing with uh, he and Tiger kind of going in and everything that happens with it. You just have to read it for yourself. We won't go, you know, full into it. The one thing that kind of tripped me out for like five seconds that you mentioned was that whole bit with Hunter's Moon. Because when we last saw him, now granted, that's not necessarily the, the 
the state that we last saw him was the end all be all because you know Moon Knight's Moon Knight Mark Spector himself has come back from the dead a couple of different times, so not surprising to see Hunter's Moon back. Um, but they did, and they didn't explain it, which I don't know if they actually. They, I'm, maybe they'll go into it. They next. explained it in the last issue. Did they? It happened in the last issue, so you maybe want to flip back to that one. Okay, maybe I'll yeah, maybe I forgot what happened in that issue then. So because I don't remember that, but okay, yeah. Well, that being said, yeah. So, because when I, because I know when I read it, I was like, "Wait, what?" The, but then, like I said, it it wasn't like it was a surprise. Because, like I said, things in this universe, and especially with Moon Knight and whatever, wasn't that big of a surprise. But so, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go back and check that out. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Right. I was about to say it's 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 um it's a it's a fist of conchu thing. That's of how course. they explain it. But you yeah. know, you'll 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 see it in even when you flip back to issue seventeen. Once again, not expect, you know, not surprised. So. Yep. Yeah, given given that situation. Um, yeah, I really like. I was about to say, I give okay. uh, Federico Sabatini a lot of cre- credit. There's one full page splash here where it's Hunter's Moon, Tigra, and Moon Knight talking yes. to that one survivor. I was like, I really like that. And I've, that also going back to a Game of Thrones kind of thing, was like tell tell Dracula how we did this yeah, kind of situation that it was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. So, that is true. It's like that's why they, that's why he had to one Somebody's got to live to tell the tale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Although it kind of messed me up a second. Second, I mean, because even though I know that doesn't have anything to do with what happened at the end of the issue. At, mm-hmm. But for about two seconds, I thought it did. I'm like, well, wait, how did, you know, like, how did this end up coming out to be that? But it was, but there were two separate things. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it was like it was just two seconds that just kind of threw me. I was like, oh wait, no, that's not it has nothing to do. Well, it has nothing directly to do with that because we know this other character that that is has been around, you know. Right. So. Right. Okay. But we'll see. Next up, though. Um, I didn't get a good look at what you read here. Um, we have a few books in common. We do. Let's do She-Hope. That sounds good to me. All right. Notice, folks, when we get to the books that we're staying away from. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> She-Hulk. She-Hulk number nine is written by Rainbow Rowell, Rowell with art by the always reliable Takeshi Miyazawa. Colors by Rico Renzi and letters by our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. And Roddy Cat and I had a chance to discuss this book just prior to uh, starting the show. So I have a feeling I know what he's going to lead off with. But go ahead. Yes, folks, this has been a great book. Uh, but also, as probably what we said uh, about the last issue of this book there were certain MCU-like liberties that were starting to take place. And this particular issue, which is not a knock on it, by the way, uh, in this particular case, continues to happen in a very big way near the end of this uh, issue. Um, Like I said, I won't necessarily go into it, but if you know She-Hulk's history, uh, and even if actually you've watched the, the, the MCU show, you kind of get an idea of what I could possibly mean with that. Right. Um, 
it it seems like uh, this book, and because I can't remember if this, if this is supposed to be how many issues is this supposed to be. Is it, did they say twelve? No um, idea. Yeah, but it sounds like they're, they're. It seems like they're basically starting to bring this. Uh, they bring the story uh, to a close um, sooner rather than later. So, um, I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking it was supposed to be twelve, but I have, I have to go look, and I'm not going to do that at this very moment. But nevertheless, like I said, we're kind of turning into the last. What seems to be the 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 last um, part of this story. And like I said, the, the the MCU parallels, which we normally groan about, which honestly I slightly did hear too, but it was also like, nah, it was it was done in a a pretty great way, the way I couldn't be too mad at it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still there. Yeah, still I'll, I'll I'll tell you that. Hold your hold your thoughts just no for doubt. a second. I was looking for um, a baseball hat. <laughs> That's all I was looking for. I was like, some, 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 something or somebody is going to show up in a baseball hat. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was, I was done with, uh, with, with, with that say actually. Gotcha. So. Well, you know, but but bottom line here is, with the uh, the MCU parallels being very clear, they are also very much. Um, storytelling elements that borrow heavily from previous She-Hulk runs, which I am not familiar. I'm not completely familiar with, but I understand what they are. That being, you know, this is all very much pre Deadpool fourth wall breaking. Correct. And also with some, uh, kind of wry humor and dealing with, um, very meta textual, references on page so there are some very metatextual references made to one jack of hearts throughout like the second half of this issue Mm -hmm. so i i really enjoyed that um we also have some um i think Kind of, you know, relatively poignant looks at what Jennifer Walters really thinks of what her existence is in comics. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, let out here. And the cliffhanger ending here uh, obviously, you know, leaves her and another character in a certain place but we are you know left wondering and that's why it's a cliffhanger and we will see what happens in the next issue right right yeah like yeah like i just said the the, the four four breaking thing goes back to you know um like three dance slots run from back to like two th- actually probably it goes definitely goes further than that oh no, was that the burn run like no the what, original- i'm saying i'm saying i'm, I'm correcting myself and oh, okay. That it goes for, but but still, between um, between slots run, which is a great run, and the the show took um, the show took um, beats from the burn run, also where she did more, way more of the um, uh, fourth one. That's where that came from, as Agent Seventy was gotcha. saying. So right. basically, tying those two together, um, you know, and this pretty much is kind of a a callback to that era to us except for without the because the the fourth wall breaking back then was more goofy mm-hmm. and a lot of and, and a lot of points and 
you know, has been brought up a, a few different times, but this is the first time we've seen in a story this, I guess, quote unquote, serious. Okay. Of a tone. You know, because uh, normally you could even back then you could see it coming, but because um, it was kind of all over the place. And this one was like, I wasn't really expecting it to happen in this particular story. But even when it did, I was like, OK, yeah, here we go. Here we go with this. So uh, that being said, like I said, I'm still still with it and still looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with the story and the, the, the characters that uh, Agent 70 mentioned. Right. So. Okay. All righty. Um, let me see what you what else you read before because we there's a certain segment of books here, folks, that we're probably going to like leave to rapid fire. Um, how about we hit? How about we hit two more books, but oh, like okay. kind of relatively quickly. Well, I was about to so, say Strange Academy. We could do it just uh, end it right there. Oh, okay. I was about to say we could also do Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Sure. Okay. So, so we'll do them back to back, but we won't spend too much time on these. Uh, Strange Academy Finals number three is written by Scotty Young with art by Umberto Ramos, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, uh, we are immediately following up on the events of the last issue, and the students of the Strange Academy are looking to make up for some of the uh, transgressions that they have committed against the city of New Orleans, uh, kind of as demanded by like the mystic council of New Orleans, which permitted Dr. Strange and Dr. Voodoo and, 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 and their, and company, uh, which, you know, which, which, uh, permitted them to build this, you know, Hogwarts, um, in New Orleans, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I, I was at a, a Roddy Cat do a spit take just now. <laughs> uh, their strange academy in, uh, in and around New Orleans. So, um, they, uh, are, are, are doing their best to uh, make reparations, but, uh, things don't go as planned. And we also find out that, um, some of their, more rebellious classmates are looking to um, uh, uh, cause, you know, cause some disturbance, cause a disturbance, cause some havoc. Um, And in the midst of like uh, a spell going awry, uh, that's relatively reminiscent of uh, Multiverse of Madness, Um, you know, causing an event that's relatively reminiscent of Multiverse of Madness. We also find out what kind of what the deal is with uh, Emily Bright and what, you know, what, what she's, who she may be working with. And that's where this issue ends. Do you have, uh, uh, you know, what do you have to add? Yeah. So it's, I think we were talking, well, we definitely were talking uh, before the show about this and it was kind of curious to me that, um, not curious, I should say, but it was kind of amusing to where the whole cause of this situation and division between the students um, ends up being uh, one of the ones against the, the you know the the person the the people who were basically had you know were quote unquote trying to have this this person's back, right? But 
now that they've gone through, you know, they're going through whatever uh, transformation that is still not necessarily being uh, explained, you know, the then this whole other thing is like, well, fine, then we're just going to go off and do this other. We're going to keep going without you, even though like you're the reason why we did this in the first place type of situation, which they still did. They did not mention. Well, I guess they did kind of mention, but kind of offhand mentioned. So there's clearly more going on here than just uh, what started this whole thing off. And like I said, uh, like Agent 70 said, like, yeah, there's, they're, they're meeting with somebody that I guess they're going to have some dealing with who has a, an association with one of the students um, that was on the other side of the the, uh, the Civil War, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, I guess we're going to see what happens with, with that. Um, there was something I was going to bring in uh, out uh, about this particular issue that, was, that I found kind of amusing. Um, outside of the fact that, um, you know, while they were at this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, fundraising thing, uh, you know, Zelma was like, yep, something always happens. You can set your clock by it. That wasn't the the most amusing thing, but it's like, no, that's just a thing that kind of happens in this world. And you're right because next panel on something jumps off or at least that, that panel jumps off. Um, but, um, I don't remember what I was going to get to. It was, uh, so it was, it was something either way. Um, Oh, that's what it was. So at the, 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 um, from going from the, what happened, what the kids got into to just jumping into this, I suspect there's another part of the story that we didn't get to see in between that and whether they're going to jump back to it or not in between, you know, the big cliffhanger, uh, with what happened and and now basically, so I don't know if they're gonna uh, address anything else to that, or they've already said everything they need to say, you know, <laughs> uh, coming out of the last issue. So, but we'll see. Um, still a great book. Still enjoys Strange Academy. Um, you know, even with uh, uh, Evil Emily and the weird turn that is that mm-hmm. they still haven't explained yet. Still enjoying it. Right. It just seems, it, you know, it, it's, I guess what it is, is that it's a character that is new, but doesn't seem consistent. The The heel turn, to borrow a wrestling uh, term, seems so abrupt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the jarring part. Um, I think it's understandable. I'm willing to let it play out, though, because this character was... Like literally, uh, a, a new piece of clay that Scotty Young has molded right in front of us. Right, you know, funny, one of the few characters. Sorry. I was about to say, hold your thought. One of the few characters in this entire uh, Strange Academy world that I don't remember having any connection to any other pre-existing character, even like concept. Like right. she was just. Emily was made for this book. Yes, exactly. Whereas, no, no, not just being created for this book, but also not ha- not being Asgardian, not being, you know, uh, 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 a zombie according to the Marvel zombie rules and so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You um, know, so this is a character that we really, you know, like, like she's not the only character. Like I said, like the, uh, the, the, the zombie character, Zoe. Um, 
is a character created out of whole cloth for this book. However, you know, there, you know, we have our ideas of what zombies are, and then we have what Marvel zombies, you know, I guess are nowadays. But so. even, yeah, but even her character is kind of steeped in a legacy. May not necessarily be a Marvel legacy, but, right. but a character that has been in the Marvel universe before now. Or at least a, a, a you know, a, 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 a concept. Yes. Before yeah, now. that's what I guess that's what I, I guess that's, you know, like, I guess that's why I didn't, I, I, I lumped her in with like the twin Asgardian kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the, right. you know, the, the heretofore unknown to us, but we know that they're Asgardian. <laughs> right. Right. So that means X, Y, and Z. Right. So um, now that being said about Emily, so they did kind of explain the quote unquote heel turn. As a matter of fact, they, they, it got mentioned in this issue either, but he's even still, still seems kind of, because I th- thought as far as I know, they had kind of dealt with that part, but apparently it's still lingering or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it still seems severe. That's, I think, the right. You know, it, it seems like such a sudden and severe heel turn. Right. I think that's still what's jarring for you know us as longtime readers. You know, since right. Jump. Right. So, but hopefully they'll explain that, and I'm sure they'll be like, <laughs> I don't know, it was a clone or something. No, it won't be that. But <laughs> we'll super, see. Super, it'll be something we'll supernatural see. in nature. Exactly. Right. I was going to say it's magic. It yeah. is a magic book after all. Correct. All right. So as we said, next up is Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number six. It's written by Jean Luen Yang with art by Marcus To, colors by Eric Arseniega, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. I will repeat what I have said throughout this entire run of this volume of Shang-Chi in that this is most definitely Jean Luen Yang's ode to um, some familiar storytelling ideas in martial arts stories and movies, uh, notably from not- notably seen in the last Bruce Lee film that was finished posthumously, uh, namely Game of Death. And I'll let Roddy Cat take it from here. Yeah, this is also uh, apparently the end of this uh, this part of the story. I don't want to say the whole story, but this this uh, this this part of the as they said in the back of the book, the 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 Jin Yuan Yang uh, saga, as right. it is, because this whole game of death tournament thing is is now over thanks to this issue, and things are pretty much. Well, the whole thing was explained at the end of I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it was explained why this whole tournament happened. And, you know, it was basically an, an archetype thing. Uh, but also, hey, we got this. It's also leading into another uh, number one, which I believe is a one shot that I think we found out is coming out next week. Uh, that I guess it's is going profiled to... as an, I was going to say, hold that thought. It's profiled as an annual, quote unquote. Right. But that's just what comic list is listing it as we'll find we'll have more information next week go ahead right so that being said that while this is the last issue of this particular volume it's not the end of the story um and we will talk about i'm sure we will definitely talk about that next book uh next week when it happens and we uh we're talking before the show just to kind of cap it about how you know certain characters like um like basically Marvel and DC, well, Marvel's been doing this more than DC, but, you know, where characters have been getting stories that just have a new number one, story's done, end, and um, 
maybe sometimes certain in certain characters will get a continuation of the story or basically another arc with a new number one or another like you saw that in the Ultraman series uh, that's been that I know I've been talking about. We saw that with Ms. Marvel uh, that's been talking about like anybody when they have a story, whether it connects to the last um, volume or not, somebody has a story to tell, they'll bring it up, they'll do their their, their run ends and then, you know, uh, that's it. Where this is kind of more on the lines of the Ultraman thing, where it's like, yeah, here we got the same story that's been happening in a couple of parts, but pretty much sectioned off into their own little uh, limited series. Mm. So uh, we were talking about that, and we're talking, and we, we've definitely talked about it before about like that. Yeah, us as older reason, as Agent Seventy said, you know, uh, before I had to show us as early or older reasons how to kind of have to come to terms with the way. Uh, that's being done because we're used to long running one volume things that just kind of keep going. And somebody, if, you know, if they finish their story, somebody else just happens to come onto the book and, you know, just kind of keeps it up there. And the numbering stays the same. Whereas now, like I said, the uh, earlier things happen the way they happen. Hope we're still glad they get up, you know, certain characters that we'd like to see more of getting stories, but it's still in its own way, kind of frustrating because like, okay, they're, you come back with the same creative team with a new number one, which on the surface seems like, what well, are they just doing that to sell sell comics? Which they are. But sure. it may it's not definitely be, a byproduct, right? Right. But it may not be just as cut and dry as just that. So it's kind of a thing that we as older readers kind of have been kind of been tussling with. And we've I guess we've gotten to a place with it, but it's still kind of annoying. Right. It's personally. still discomforting, right? It's yeah. still discomforting because as, you know, and 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 this is one of the things I posit is that we we have this idea that long running volumes of, of of a book mean something that it has staying power, and whether or not that remains you know a, a valid publishing uh, format or ideal in this day and age, you know maybe that's just. You know, it, that's become antiquated. Maybe that's a little obsolete. We don't know. I don't know yet. You know, because the, you know, w- you know, this is the this is the guy who has, you know, is working on uh, uh, completing a run of Uncanny X Men. You know what I mean? There's no more Uncanny X Men. Right. I'm going backwards through. You know, like I'm I'm right at the the very beginning of Dark Phoenix, and filling in going backwards. So at the end of the day. You know that 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 does say something about you know the the longevity of the title, but you know it doesn't exist anymore, and it hasn't in many many years. Right, and that's the thing. Like I was saying, we grew up where the books were just one volume, long running. You know, new writers come off and on and on the book at different. You know, when they when when they finish the story, but usually long runs, long you know long running writers for 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 the most part, and long running volumes as opposed to mm-hmm. now. So it's definitely different from what we grew up with. Yep. So, but you know, that's that, that's a, I guess that is a, a conversation for another time. In a, in another. Yeah. That'll be like a full fledged debate that exactly. we're not going to come to any sort of agreement on because there's so many facets to it. Right. All right. Uh, so now I guess we can go into rapid fire and because we have a quite a few books to get through. So I am going to spin up the minigun. All right. I ain't got time to bleed. 
All right, I think Roddy Cat and I still have a few books left in common. So let me go first because I think I have a few. Uh, I think he has. I, I think I have fewer books than he has left. So first up is Philadelphia number twenty six from Image. It's the story in this book is by Rodney Barnes. Layouts and inks are by Jason Sean Alexander. Pencils are by Herman Aramuspe. Uh, Colors are by Lee Luffridge and letters are by Marshall Dillon. Let me tell you, Philadelphia is consistently a great read. And this issue, and I've been, I've been talking about uh, Philadelphia seemingly um, kind of approaching a crescendo in its storytelling. And this issue does nothing but continue it. We're seeing some of our, beloved characters and i say beloved in like very heavy quotation marks because we're not 100 percent sure who we should be rooting for in this because there's werewolves and vampires and vampire hunters oh my so uh there are some interesting uh supernatural elements and uh godlike elements that are introduced over the that have been introduced over the course of this series but even more heavily introduced in the last several issues this issue included so i feel that obviously this is the terrible place to jump in on now i would highly recommend going back to the beginning of Philadelphia and reading the first two trade paperbacks. I believe the first one co- uh, covers 10 issues. I think the second one covers 10 issues. So I would definitely recommend doing that because this is consistently a great read next up. And I think this is where Roddy cat and I have books in common. Uh, let's try. I'm going to try to cover all of these dark web books at once so we can get them the hell out of the way. I forget what the reading order is. I know there is a certain reading order here. So forgive me I if I, like, uh, it doesn't matter if I No, like, uh, because the venom book fits in like as a, as an in-between, oh, right. like filling in more. That right. Yeah. That's why I want to, I wanted to at least fill in. Do you have a, a copy of the reading order in front of you? Uh, I can pull it up real quick though. Um, yeah. If you don't mind. Sure. Accessing, accessing. <laughs> I was about to say we need to. I I used to have that Star Trek um uh, sound effect. <laughs> Let's see. There we go. And oh, I just I just got it up. All right, so it's Amazing Venom and then Dark Web. Okay. Oh, okay. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I literally had to, <laughs> had to click on uh, on something. All right. Amazing Spider-Man number 16 comes first. It's written by Zeb Wells with pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Cliff Rathburn, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. Next up is Venom number 14. It's written by Al Ewing with pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Andrew Curry, colors by Alex and Claire, and letters by VC's Clayton Cowles. And last in the dark web, in the, in the group of dark web books out this week, is Dark Web X-Men number two of three. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Rod Reese or Rice and Phil Noto and letters by VCs Corey Petit. 
in a nutshell, these three dark web books lay out what Madeline Pryor is looking for, what she's trying to obtain. And she's using as pawns, chasm, hollows, Eve and venom as well. And ultimately Madeline, the once, and I guess current and even future goblin queen gets essentially what she wants, but whether or not she's successful in implementing her plan remains to be seen. Do you have anything else to add? Um, no, I was going to mention, Hey, if you're watching the video version, you see the cover of amazing Spider-Man, um, number 16. That's pretty much the gist of the issue. And that's being going against Peter. Yeah. And the dark, uh, the, the dark web X-Men book is pretty much, uh, Scott and Alex talking uh, and Madeline being there for the most part uh, and, and her trying to, to I guess that's where her part of the plan gets in, enacted and what, getting what she gets. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Yeah. You know, like broad, like we're both talking about this in very broad strokes. It's right. not exactly the most uh, uh, engrossing read. Let's put it that way. Basically, if you did, if you if you're not catching our tone, we don't care for this event that much. <laughs> it's just here. Exactly. We're, we've said that from the jump, so it's, it shouldn't be a surprise to you if you've been with us for the short length of time that this event has been going on. So. Right. Anyway. Right. Right. All right. Next up, uh, Captain America: Symbol of Truth, number eight. It's written by Tochi Onyebuchi, with art by Ig Guara, colors by Jesus Abertov. And letters, again, by our favorite lettering, Paisan, VCs, Joe Caramagna. So, um, I am rapidly not enjoying this story. Um, you know, and we each have, you know, some, our own issues with some of the developments that have taken place in this book. As, you know, I hear sirens in the, in, in the distance. This is New York City, after all, folks. Brooklyn, you know, BK to the fullest over here. Uh, there is, uh, what's the country? Mohanda? Yes. Yeah. So Mohanda, you know, is, you know, is being overrun by one of T'Challa's old uh, nemesis, uh, one, one of his old foes the white wolf and captain America, Sam Wilson and now Ian Rogers nomad have been brought in to deal with it. Ultimately though, we have some, uh, callbacks to, uh, previous issues that involve, uh, Sam Wilson and, uh, some other characters and, and, and some of his actions from, uh, earlier parts of this run have come back to him. I think for the most part, it's on, you know, like the, the storytelling seems to be relatively coherent when it comes to Sam's side of the story. When it comes to, uh, Joaquin, there's a, you know, Joaquin Torres side, the, the current Falcon. That's something else entirely. That is a pretty disappointing, uh, secondary story, you know, that that's being told. Uh, 
I'm wondering if Roddy Cat has uh, more to say. No, I mean, I, I hadn't read this issue, so. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, I'm not really spoiling anything here because it's literally just a con- continuation of the previous issue. So, you know, Roddy Cat will eventually get to this. Next up is uh, Timeless, number one. This is the last book from you, believe it or not. It's written by Jed McKay. And you notice there's a pause because the first artist listed as artist in this <laughs> multiple artist book is none other, none other than Greg Land. Hold on, folks. Hold Very new on. Year. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is what I need to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Now that's comedy. Exactly. So, the other artists on Timeless Number One are Jay Leaston and uh, Patch Zercher and Salvador LaRocca. Colors are by Frank D'Armada and letters are by VCs Ariana Mar. So, this issue specifically is written by Jed uh, uh, Jed McKay. And interestingly, this leads me to a little bit of conjecture. And most informative of that conjecture is that at the end of this issue, which highlights Kang and some time traveling that he's undergoing under duress, that's really the gist of the story. He's going through, uh, he's basically running through time because he is not the conqueror, but the, uh, the, 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 the person to be conquered. He is not the hunter, but the prey in this story. And at the end of this issue, it's revealed that more is going to be told in the pages of Avengers, which leads me to believe that Jed McKay is set to be the next writer of Avengers, but we'll have to wait and see, uh, uh, wait and see what the official announcement is. But if you are vaguely interested in Kang the Conqueror, I think this is a pretty good distillation of what is important about the character and why the character, despite being mostly, powerless has proven to be a pretty effective villain and counterpart to, you know, major super teams like the fantastic four and the Avengers. And that's it for me. Plus it doesn't hurt that he's going to get some MCU shine coming in, coming up in a new year. Exactly. Coincidence. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Not (laughs) at all. All right, first up for me is um, a particular click of the week uh, in Exterminators, number four, written by Leah Williams, art by Carlos uh, Gomez. Uh, yeah, no, that's a typo there, but yeah. Um, colors by Brian Valenza and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, I, what I said earlier still holds true because uh, 
this whole story started with um, vampires, and there are still vampires uh, uh, still around in the story, including the fact the the head vampire, Dracula, makes an appearance in this particular story, uh, in which we find out, we basically get caught up with um, how the ladies... uh, ended up in front of the quiet council last issue. Let's just say, um, uh, and why they're dressed the way they are. If you're watching the, the video version, you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see why, what, what they're dressed in. Uh, and that plays into the story and, and how they got to where they were. Now, let's just say someone, uh, and that someone has an alliance with an offshoot uh, set of uh, vampires um, has a predilection for collecting. And they come into the fold in this particular issue. Um, but um, they, we don't, it's not a thing about, I don't think we ever, we don't see this person but they get uh they get mentioned a couple a couple of different times so i'm not sure whether we will see uh this actual person or not we don't know that one of the ladies apparently has had a run in with this with this person before that not that, that part i did not know but you know just some of these uh or maybe i do know and i just don't remember i don't know we read a lot of books but regardless um we were now caught up to uh basically uh the the present so to so to speak and um where they go to um after this is i guess is going to end because i think this is a five issue uh limited series and so we'll the, the next one is uh is going to be the last one um but we also get um disco dazzler back uh thanks to this issue for a reason which is not explained but Given everything else that we see in this uh, in this issue, makes about a sense as everything else. So I've been enjoying it and it's been great. Uh, next book for myself is Murder World Spider Man number one. So this is uh, again the, I guess uh, the part two of the three. Um, three one-shot stories that are revolving around uh, that are um, that are around the murder world, basically. Uh, this is being written by Jim Zub and Ray Fox, uh, with art by Farid Karami, color artist Chris Sotomayor, and letters by BC's Corey Pettit. So you may wonder, hey, it says Warner World Spider-Man. What does Spider-Man have to do with this story? Well, not as much as you would think uh, uh, that um, Spider-Man and crew, because if you're watching the video version, you can see there's a, um, there's a few different spider persona that's on the cover, and they are in the book. However, um, the part they play in this story is pretty much similar to the Avengers, uh, the Mortal World Avengers book in that it's not really them. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. Um, but it's also Murder World, so you can kind of put uh, two and two together and uh, um, 
come out with a whole lot of issues. Uh, we get some background on one of the contestants in this murder world th- uh, thing, uh, who I will go ahead and spoil, make it to the end of this issue, uh, unlike uh, the end of that Avengers book. Um, to what end, going into the next book, which I believe is uh, the X-Men uh, Murder World book, I'm not sure. But we also find that there are some people that are looking into this Murder World thing, at least one particular person that is looking into this uh, Murder World thing that is actually uh, arachnid-based, I, I will say, that has had uh, apparent, some apparent run-in with uh, Arcade and uh, Murder World previously. Uh, um, has been footnoted in this. So we'll see how that sh- uh, plays out in the next issue. And next up for me is New Mutants, number 33, which is the end of this volume, uh, with the exception... Well, it's the end of the start... The, the end of this volume, um, kind of, sort of, not the end of the story, or at least uh, it's not the end of the creative team, I should say, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, it's written by Charlie Jane Anders with art by Alberto Albuquerque with Rob Stein and Ted Brandt, uh, colors by Carlos Lopez and Tamara Bonvillain and letters by VCs, Travis Lanham. Um, like I said, the, this is the story where this is the arc where we were introduced to a, a new, uh, young mutant named, uh, Shayla Sexton, I believe who goes by the name of Escapade, um, Shout out to Janet Jackson. I know Roddy Cad said that the last time. <laughs> and I believe you said it the, the time before that. So, <laughs> so yes, there is that. Uh, but basically, this is uh, that character, uh, Wolf Spain, and a couple of other younger mutants trying to uh, escape from Sublime, um, who is, you know, I guess of some note to the X-Men corner of the universe uh, in a certain way, or at a certain time and place. Um, yeah. But apparently according to a footnote must be doing some stuff in Marauders too uh, which I haven't read in Marauders in a a few issues so I'm a little little lacking on that so go figure there but regardless Sublime is up some things Uh, one of the um, young mutants who goes by the name of Cerebellum Cerebella uh, aka No Girl as she used to be called but has some history with them so there's a uh, little bit of story between them but he, he's also after her and this new uh, new young mutant named uh, Escapade but it all kind of comes and there's also some prophecy that uh, that is on kind of surrounding her uh, which seems to be taken care of in the in the in this issue but seemingly may possibly be leading up to the um, the new limited series that is coming up um, that uh, Escapade is going to be, um, I don't know if she's leading, but definitely she's going to be involved with that um, has something to do with Destiny and uh, Emma, Emma Frost for somehow coming into this. So while this, like I said, is the end of the New Mutants book, uh, not uh, the end of the New Mutants having any kind of story uh, going on. So I guess we can look out for that. Uh, we talked about it last week, so we don't necessarily need to go back uh, into that until that comes out. Uh, next book for me, Star Wars Yoda, number two. Um, written by Kevin Scott. 
uh, art by Nico Leon, color artist Dono Sanchez Almara, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um, this is still Yoda um, back in the High Republic days. Uh, well, actually, so the, the first issue opened up when basically around the time of Empire Strikes Back when Yoda was um, uh, exiled on Dagobah, but he started recounting uh, his days back in the High Republic, and that's where this story is pretty much continuing. Uh, and in that particular timeline, he pretty much settled in with a, on a planet with a, a group of natives uh, for some reason known to him, trying to help them out, but not necessarily do things for them. Uh, I guess trying to make them self-sufficient uh, in, in a ways, but um, you know, he, he's a, he's a high profile Jedi and not necessarily that the troubles that follow him are of his, uh, his making. There's still some issues that, uh, that happen in the course of this issue that uh, are probably going to color what's going to happen to them in the, the future slash what is the past now. So and and it has something to do with what goes on with this group of people that he has uh, embedded himself with. Um, he also plays the kalimba. They're not fo- Star Wars. You're not fooling me. I know what that is. That's a kalimba. You're trying to make it into a Star Wars thing like you did with Calf, but that's a kalimba. I know it. I get it. But come on. Anyway, is that a is that a, a forgive my ignorance? Is that a musical instrument? Yes. Okay, so you mean like AK-47s were put into uh, Andor? <laughs> kind of, and like, ta- and like coffee is calf. I gotcha. Yeah, and, and, it's and, pretty and, much... How, and how Vespas were put into... Uh, well, no, that's, Book just, Book. that's just them being just, just assholes <laughs> on that one. But, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, no, I know. I, I, I try, to, try to forget about that part, but you just can't help. <laughs> but yes, that and the way that coffee is calf in the Star Wars universe... Right. Yeah, oh, and and those god. stupid Vespas, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, folks. Oh gosh. Moving but, on. Yes, but yeah, Star Wars um Star Wars Yoga is, is still pretty good. Like I said, it's, it's just uh, you know, they got to they got to do something with these characters. So, uh next up Goddamn. <sighs> Thunderbolts. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderbolts, number five of five. Yes, folks, this is the last issue of Thunderbolts. Um, written by Jim Zub, pencils by Sean Isaacs and with uh, Nezo Diaz, inks by Sean Isaac and uh, Victor Nava, colors by uh, Hava Tartaglia, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. So, um... I- I'm just going to read from my notes here. What was thought to be Terminus ended up being a nightmare. Um, and also there was a weird costume change in the last couple of issues that there was never, that that was not explained that I don't think had anything to do with, uh, what was going on with the story, but I don't know. Um, uh, you know, the, some things kind of get squashed beef wise. Um, and, and the whole thing ends up with, uh, I guess, let's see, Clint trying to revisit old haunts in, in a way. So I don't know if the Thunderbolts are ever going to come back in some way, shape, or form, but we also know they have a movie coming out, so, so that's a whole other thing right there. But um, And it doesn't necessarily set anything up to that point, but could. 
potentially we could potentially see the the night uh, the excuse me the um the thunderbolts um uh, some someplace else as as Luke Key said in here you you're pretty much uh not necessarily on I forgot what he said on on suspension but it's not necessarily on suspension but you know it's another another way is saying is like yeah we won't probably won't be seeing you for a little bit but who's who's to say um what'll happen in the future um also, I had to bring this up because uh, I was kind of flipping through the last couple of issues, just kind of reaccount myself with it, with a couple of things that happened, and something that I think we talked about last week with uh, Monica Rambeau's book. As of issue three of Thunderbolts, her and Adam Brashear were still together and still kind of love each other. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. So, and that was only a couple of months ago. So, uh, as you know, actual time. So in in Marvel time, who's to say how how much time it was? But still, that was pretty fr- fairly recent. I don't know. I, that that part still kind of kind of weirds me out. I was like, that's kind of a silly. Anyway, maybe we'll find out what happens in the course of uh, the the miniseries. Anywho, next up is uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and T- um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two number one. That's right, folks. The crossover that happened. Um, I guess this is the third time technically uh, that, that that has happened, uh, but the, the second time in the comic book form, which is weird because it kind of I feel like I I while I read that particular uh, crossover, there was a couple of things that came up here that I don't remember. So maybe I need to go back and refresh my memory. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago where this, the, the crossover happened. So, but uh, this has been written by Ryan Parrott the third. Excuse me, Ryan Parrott. Um, illustrated by Dan Mora, colors by Raul Angulo, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. Now, this is a you know, crossover uh, in, in more ways than one because it's, you know um, one's Boom, the other is IDW. So you know those two uh, the, respectively. But nevertheless, the turtles somehow are well, not even somehow because apparently. If it goes the way of the 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 uh, the crossover with uh with the old '90s TV show, I I guess you could technically say they're in the same universe. Um, and they don't really say one way or the other in, in this particular issue. But basically, the turtles are in um, Angel Grove for reasons, and Donatello and Michelangelo are black. Um. And if you've seen the the screenshot floating around, yeah, that that doesn't explain why. But if you know the resources they have at their disposal, you you get why, or you get why that can happen. Nevertheless, some other things are going on. Like uh, some of their enemies are kind of disappearing. Katie Casey Jones disappeared for uh, uh, for some strange reason. Uh, who was looking for Shredder? Um, and one of those ends up coming up back at the end of the uh, issue in a, with a with some new with a new suit. Let's just say, um, who is kind of invoking uh, another '80s cartoon '80s slash '90s cartoon that I don't think either one of those companies has access to. Um, but I think that was probably a coincidence and not necessarily that they were invoking uh, this particular cartoon. But probably a cartoon that probably should and probably will show up on Saturday morning adventures, or at least if I had something to say about it. Either way, um, 
Oh, and April April uh, O'Neill is also there in Integral, so they're all buddy buddy and, and just chilling like nothing's like like nothing's going on. So, and I believe this is also taking place before um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one hundred. Given what I believe happened there, uh, kind of changes uh, the situation for a character. So there is that, but. If you've read the the first crossover, your chances are you will probably like this one because it's starting off um, with something, uh, and we still don't get everything on. But hey, it's there. Next book, um, flawed number four of uh, six from uh, I, from Image, I believe. Uh, it's written by Chuck Brown, art by Prenzy, and letters by Becca Carey. So we start off with a flashback for, with um, the the main character, Jim uh, Ez, uh, excuse me, and her, I think it was her aunt, uh, back during some war. Uh, and we kind of find out that uh, the character is kind of pretty badass, and she's already had some skills up until now. But then we cut to the present where... Um, they're basically trying to set a trap for the people they're after and uh, by using an assassin who that uh, Jim has had a run-in with as, uh, as uh, a particular through line to get to that point. And on the other side of this, we have a detective that's Detective Davis that's also on the trail of the, the, the serial killer. Uh, but they're trying to connect the dots, and they come to find out that the dots kind of run way closer than than uh, than than they need to be to him. So we shall see how that plays out as things start to come together in the next uh, next issue. And the last book for myself, oh, it's like it's not the last book, but the next to last book uh, for myself is. Midnight Suns, number four of five, um, written by Ethan Sachs, uh, art by Luigi Zagraria. Zag- yeah, sure. Um, hope I didn't mess up your name too badly. Sorry. Uh, Zagria, excuse me. Uh, colors by Antonio Fabella and letters by VC Joe Sabino. So we get a little bit more with uh, Agatha and Valtor. Uh, Valtor. Uh, we get the the Midnight Suns still trying to uh, with their new suits, which are reminiscent from the video game, by the way. Which, uh, of course, there's a new video game out, so they're uh, tie-ins, but not necessarily had to do exactly with the video game. Um, um, but they're still trying to, to escape the the dark dimension with the help of uh, Sorcerer Supreme Tony Stark of another dimension, um, but also we get the reveal of another one of the bad guys who um, are uh, uh, going up against the, uh, the, the midnight Suns, And it's someone that not one of them are familiar with, but someone close to them is uh, familiar with. So, and they are trying to get a certain prophecy that has to do with actually Zoe Laveau from strange Academy. Um, that they're trying to get uh, to come true. Will that happen? It's starting to look that way, but who's to say how, if it will stay that way? Because comics. Right. Last book for myself, All Out Avengers number four. Um, and this is going to be great because we get to, to hear this name again. 
um, written by De- uh, Derek Landy. Pencils by Greg Land. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> and also, also, and I hate to, I hate to slow the show down just for this, but you know what? It, it kind of, uh, it, it kind of, you know, is deserved. Um, Oh, hold on. I you know, this is what I get for moving stuff around on my uh on, on my board, right? But uh but yeah. Hey, boo! boo! It was pretty terrible. <laughs> it was bad. Well there were parts of it that weren't very good. It was all gonna work better. Get them away. There we go. <laughs> Inks by Jay Liston. Uh was it Liston? I th- uh, I've heard it as Liston. Liston, okay. But, uh, you know what? You know, my memory could be faulty. So either sure. one, I think, is okay. Yeah. Well, apologies away from if butchered the name, but uh, we'll go with that until we find out otherwise. Colors by Frank Darmada. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So apparently, so we still don't know. There is a mysterious um, uh, a narrator that's uh, kind of uh, pushing things along. The, the Avengers are starting to get... Uh, you know, kind of catch a clue on what's going on with it a little bit more than they have been in the last couple of issues. Um, but they're also adding a, another character or two. So I guess this is building up to, to whatever the narrator's trying to push them wars toward that they now know uh, things are going on. In the beginning of the book, we get the Black Widow versus, they call it something else, but folks, if you are a Star Wars fan, there is a certain creature that lives in the sand that is pretty much a big open mouth with teeth. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, uh-huh. But they call it something else because, you know, I'm, you might as well just go ahead and make Star Wars just just go ahead and make Star Wars a part of uh, 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 the the uh, 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 Marvel Universe. Just go ahead and do it. You're already there. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side note. But I just that, I, I'm pointing that out because that's pretty much what started the the book. But it's going into this you know this big story that has to do with um well not not big story but this issue which with another set of Avengers, um which happened to be like Black Widow, Spider Woman, uh, Hawkeye and Captain Marvel, who I think is pretty much the main one who's been in all of the issues so far, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe they're teasing Spider-Man for the next issue, which I think may be the last one. But regardless, uh, whatever this big thing that's going on, though, we still don't know who or what is behind it. They're still kind of pushing that along. Um, hey, we're not getting strong along like we are in, in Spider-Man, but it's still... Oh, no. <laughs> or at least not as badly, but at least, you know, if recent things that we have uh, talked about last week are to be the case coming out of this. I think I already know who's kind of involved with this. So we shall see if that comes true. Um, And what this, what this character is going to do going forward. And I don't know if this, this person uh, was in timeless or not because I didn't get a chance to read it. So, but we shall see. Nevertheless, that is um, that ends the books for me. Let's click of this week. Oh, brother, clicks of the week. 
Uh, we didn't get anything from the other dudes. So, but it is a holiday week, folks. So sure. that is understandable. And in either way, they're both busy. Either way, even whether yep. it's a, a holiday or not. So sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. Um, Do you have something? I definitely have a couple of potential. I've got candidates. Yeah, uh, you know, I talked about a couple of candidates: Moon Knight number eighteen, mm-hmm. Philadelphia number twenty-six. Um. Heck, even uh, Timeless number one, I kind of enjoyed, despite Greg Land's art. <laughs> well, you know, and She-Hulk, no, She-Hulk number nine yes. is actually, even with its MCU parallels, um, kind of kind of grating on my nerves just a touch. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. For me, my, my potentials are uh, Exterminators number four, uh, Moon Knight number 18, definitely She-Hulk number nine. Um, I think that was a that was possibly it. Actually, I mean, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was was what it was. It was all right, but you know, like the, there was there was stuff I couldn't remember, so I was like, wait a minute, I got thrown off for that. But for the most part, those I mean, Strange Academy is usually in the running it for anyway because it's just a consistently good book. So, um, right, but so, so that's just good because it's usually pretty good. All right, let me submit mine. I'm going to sure. go with my first gut reaction, which was Moon Knight number 18. Shout out to Jed McKay. You know what? Not mad at you for Timeless it. Timeless number one was pretty good, too, to be honest. You know, even with, you know, knowing that they're looking to spotlight Kang, you know, it felt like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I see what they're, what they're, what they're, what uh, direction they're, they're looking to go in this year or this upcoming year, that is. Right. I mean, and it's just basically, it's just basically the books is like, hey, here's what's coming. And it's, it's clear to Kang Center, like you, like you said earlier. So, right. I mean, a lot of times they will hold that off for uh, free comic book day. And then there's not saying that they're still not going to do something for, right. for the free comic book day. But, you know, they've just been adding on to that with books like this, which, you know, sure. They're not bad teasers because I know there's a couple times that when they first started doing this, I was like, okay, I need to see what's going on here <laughs> or what's going to happen here. And then when we finally get to it, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, though, Exterminus was pretty good. I got to go back and read that series because is there one more issue left? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I so I think five. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to read one through four, uh, you know, consecutively, and then prepare for for the last issue of the series. And they're fairly quick reads. Like you can you can get them, you know, pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, four or five. So that's confirmed. But I think I'm actually, um, no, actually, I'm gonna go with She-Hulk though. But definitely check out the Ex- Exterminators. Uh, and that, folks, because, you know, She-Hulk was, I wasn't not, I, I should have expected it, but I was not expecting the, the turn that it took in the middle of the book. <laughs> Let's just, I'll just say that. Uh, and with that, folks, we are going to go into the news section. So let's get one ad read out of the way first. 
our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Ah, phooey. Uh, cinematic news, folks, as we do. Last one of the year. Enjoy it, because there's not much. Um, Marvel's Wonder Man series premiere window may have been revealed. So this uh, article is speculating... Um, long-windedly that um, they have a potential time frame of uh, when when the, the Wonder Man series uh, is to be expected. And according to this, it says uh, well, according to this, it says they're speculating second half of 2023, 2023 or the beginning of 2024. Um, and this is coming off of, you know, um, Wonder Man head writer Andrew Guest as a, as a guest amendment of the release based on something they, they found. So whether it happens, who knows? Uh, don't know. Next up. Uh, give me a second. I had to reload the sheet and it's taking its sweet time. Yeah. It's taking it. I was going to say, would, would you mind taking the next story while sure, I'm scrolling down? Marvel Thank confirms you. an official MCU timeline, but there's a catch. So there is a new book called the, the Marvel Cinematic Uni- uh, Universe, an you know, official timeline, which is being released by Penguin Random House Books. Uh, and authors uh, Anthony Bresnikan, Amy Radcliffe, and Rebecca Theodore Vachon, a couple of names of those that I remember that I Recognize. Recognize. Thank you. Um, the book will serve as the quote, the definitive filmmaker endorsed guide to the MCU timeline with tantalizing new details uh, for fans to discover. So. So, yeah, it's basically says that it. Um, it talks about the infinity saga and then it goes into the multiverse saga and you know, what could be culminating in the King uh, Dynasty and Secret Wars coming up. Um, but it pretty much just teases uh, anything, because I'm not sure, it's, it basically goes... Yeah, it, I think it just goes to the Infinity Saga stuff, and... and uh, according to this, it says, follow the entire story of the MCU from before the Big Bang to the blip and beyond. 
And along the way, learn about the evolution of the Iron Man armor, the hunt for the Infinity Stones, formation of the multiverse, you know, yakety, yakety, schmackety, wackety. If you're interested in this book, though, um, it will be released on September the 5th, 2023, and you can go, I guess, pre-orders are already out there, if you are so inclined. Next up. Spider-Verse 2 teases its mature plot. It's apparently not a kid's movie. That's maybe not the best thing in the world, but you know what? We'll see. Although an, an official rating has not yet been given to it, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse senior character animator Ere Santos has hinted that the upcoming film isn't a kid's movie. Okay. I mean, some more argued parts of the first movie were not, were not as kid-friendly. As you would think, you know, I'm not saying it was like real heavy because it wasn't. It wasn't anything real graphically, you know. Right. Right. It's either, all but. about right. It's all about interpretation, at least for this movie, you know, right. because I guess what 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 you could uh, say is that it's meant to reflect the characters also growing up just a touch from the sure. first movie. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Much like, you know, I hate to, you know, it's our second Harry Potter reference, right? Much like, you know, the Harry Potter kids from the first to the second or third movies, you have to expect a little bit of the same. Yeah, too, Here. Bad, the, too bad the creator uh, hasn't grown up. But that's beside the point. Right, Mich- That's I was about to say, that's more along the lines of uh, showing true colors. Yes. Mission Impossible director might join James Gunn's DCU on one condition. Tom Cruise has to come. No, okay, oh, good. Actually, no, but uh, you're not too far off um, because Christopher McQuarrie said that recently suggested that he may consider joining the, the DCU, but only on the condition that Tom Clementif is involved. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, apparently she is... Oh, apparently she is in um, that new uh, Mission Impossible uh, uh, movie. She's in part, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay. So so he's worked with her. Um, it's, it's, in turn, Corey's tweet re- re- received... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, 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 so here's the quote. James and I don't have the capacity to collaborate until we've each finished harnessing the uh, the unimaginable power of Palm Clementif. So he's kind of hot and heavy on herself. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, hey. Hey, I don't blame him. Slightly understandable, I guess, in in a certain respect. But outside of that... um, but yeah, and of course that the with that tweet was given uh, hearts by Palm Clementi for herself, and like I said, found out that she is in uh, um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. So this is not the first time that you know there have been folks, um, you know, people have their people that they like to turn to. People have their crushes, or objects of their desires. I'm not saying that's what this is, but you know, I'm just saying Mila Jovovich got a lot of roles, you know, (laughs) uh, for having to do with her husband. Let's, let's say. 
So not necessarily of her acting ability, but you know, just saying things like that tend to happen in, in the uh, in Hollywood. Not saying that this is that. I'm just saying it happens. Next up. If a new report is to be believed, Avatar The Last Airbender sequel series The Legend of Korra could be getting its very own sequel series in 2025. I can't believe we're even talking about 2025. According to Avatar News, the next animated series in the Avatar universe, focusing on an earthbender who succeeds Ang or is it Aang? Um, Aang. Aang and Korra as the Avatar is currently in the works at Avatar Studios and Paramount not to be confused with James Cameron. (laughs) The new series is said to be targeting a 2025 launch. Moreover, Avatar News reports that an animated movie featuring this new Earth Avatar in their era is coming to theaters in the years after the show comes out. Okay? Yeah. I mean, hey, if the MCU can can play the long game, so can Avatar, I guess. Which we knew they they were planning stuff, so... Um, so yeah, there's the new Dr. Hey, Dr. Who trailer that teases uh, a tw- special in 2023. Um, so I guess this article says that, you know, even though there was not a Christmas special from this year, uh, the BBC dropped a trailer for what's to come for Dr. Who in 2023. Um, and of course, this also mentions the fact that David Tennant is somehow, David Tennant is somehow back, <laughs> uh, back again. If you uh, quoting uh, Oscar Isaac and um, Rise of Skywalker, um, and it says here that Catherine Tate will be returning as Donna Noble, and apparently Neil Patrick Harris is going to show up as a mystery villain. Um, and this is before uh, Nkute Gatwa um, makes his turn as the Doctor, so I assume this is going to be sooner rather than later. It says here uh, from Russell T. Davis, who's the showrunner, we wanted to give friends, friends, and family a lovely little Christmas present with a promise that 2023 will be a riot of Doctor Who goodness. So, Whovians unite, I guess. Next up. Next up, we are entering into the anime corner. Mm. How's your progress on Dragon Ball Super? Still where I am the last time. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, wondering. Just wondering. Because, you know, like I played that. I was like, oh, I remember Radigat said he was going to watch, you know, kind of get into that or finish it or something. Yeah, I don't that's, that's that's actually on the, uh, basically coming up soon. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it's not like I've progressed that far in Yu Yu Hakusho. Right. So I think I'm like in, I'm still within the first 10 episodes. Oh, okay. First up, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War surprises with Ishin's or Ishin's big decision. Okay, so uh, Thousand Year Blood War fleshed out some key details about the past between Ichigo Kurosaki's parents. And the final episodes of the, fir- of the first slate of episodes in the new anime series reveal the huge decision Ichigo's father, Ishin, had made in order to protect Ichigo's mother, Masaki. Okay. That's, and the funny part about that is, like, I remember Ichigo's dad. I never remember hearing his name, ever. But then again, I don't think that he became a non-issue <laughs> after that first part. Um, gotcha. Or probably showed up again later that I haven't gotten to yet. But anyway, I like how there's a there's an article here on why Ash Ketchum and Lionel Messi are basically twins. 
Y'all, oh my gosh. Y'all, y'all, calm down, folks. Anyway, listen. That's, I mean, we're 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 trying to keep soccer in the limelight for some reason. I don't know. Go away, soccer. World Cup's not for another <laughs> several years. <laughs> sorry, sorry. With all due respect to Pele, you know, one of the greatest soccer players ever, who passed away today. Exactly. Obviously, that was all over the news. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. Rest mm-hmm. in power, Pele. Indeed, indeed. But at the same time, let's not let, let, let's stop trying to make soccer happen. But also, fuck. I know all the all our international fans are like, "Yo, dude." Yeah, I was like, "There's more of us than y'all clowns, so shut that up." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But fuck um, also, like I said, fuck cancer. Um. Uh, but anyway, our next article: When will Bleach the Thousand Year Blood War Part Two return? And this article is speculating speculating that. Um, Studio Perot has plans to release uh, Bleach in July 2023, but they don't have an ex- there's not an exact date according to this article. So again, yeah, probably sometime in the middle of, uh, if this is right, sometimes in the, in the middle of 2023. So, which that's a whole six 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 to seven months. <laughs> That's technically more than eight at this point, but either way, we we don't know one thing or the other. Next up, Chainsaw Man season finale. Uh, something that Roddy Cat has not watched yet, so I'm not going to spoil it. Right? Correct. So uh, the episode dropped a number of hints as to where the anime will head when or if a second season arrives on the small screen. Obviously, there is an ongoing manga. While there has yet to be an announcement that Denjin Company will receive a feature-length film, the bloody Shonen franchise will be receiving its first live-action adaptation next year, though it might not be in a way that many fans expected. Uh, okay. Uh, reading, reading, reading. Uh, now i got to open up the article. Um, why? How? Why is it that it's not in the way? Oh, it's a play. And uh, I see. So, an official Twitter account for the Chainsaw Man live action stage play has been created, and will share fe- future details following this new confirmation that Denji, Aki, Power, and Makima will be hitting the stage, joining series such as Spy X Family and Attack on Titan, which have done the same. I did right. not know this. This mm-hmm. is new to me. They they do that like sometimes sometimes they'll get both like sometimes there's a live action adaptation like you know what like what Netflix does and a lot of times they get stage plays apparently when they're if they're popular enough so and apparently it's a I big mean, thing weird I I was about to say that's a section of the arts that I have very little experience with other mm-hmm. than you know Shakespeare right. so. It's interesting to hear that they would actually put on stage productions of some of you know, stage productions of adaptations of some of these manga. So that's right. interesting. Which, let's face it, probably possibly better than what the, the Netflix and certain other live action anime uh, has done. So who'd say? I don't know. I haven't seen any of them either. Anywho, I was, it's just to me. I was about to say it's just very interesting. You know, as I said. It's news to me, like very much a new concept for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, My Hero Academia teases all for one's final plan. Wait, are we transitioning? Are we transitioning over to uh, uh, manga? Yes. As opposed to on, as opposed to anime. All right. Sure. So. Shingo Sasagio! 
I've just started putting them together. So I, I just end up running into the other. Um, right. But it says here that uh, My Hero Academia is coming down to the final stretches of its story. And it seems that the Archfilling All for One's final plans for world domination is in view, both literally and figuratively, according to this article. Um, are you up on the latest chapter? Chapter because I know you read it. Um, I don't know if I'm up. Uh, like there, there was that um, publishing gap because uh, Horikoshi was sick. So mm-hmm. let me double check. Well, I won't go um, too far into this. You make me. Way. You make me. You make me curious now. But go ahead. It doesn't matter if you spoil. Well, no, nah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know too much about it, so there's not much I can really spoil because I don't know too much about what's going on in the manga. But um, that being said, that it says here that uh, Himiko Toga put her master plan in action, copying the form and abilities of her BFFs twice and raising an army of clones to overrun the heroes. And apparently, um, Dabi, who is not a real elf, um, oh, is the only no! <laughs> Spelled differently also. Go ahead. Yes, also. Um, is, is unleashing his uh, fearsome, fl- most fearsome flames ever. So, and uh, according to this, is suddenly adding uh, the heroes are learning why All Might had them divide these hero uh, villains up in the first place, and then the rest goes into Sporto territory. So, next up, oh, I did not read this issue, huh? Okay. Or this chapter, oh, okay, so I have something to catch up on, okay, right? Because it came out, it published uh, Christmas Day, right? So, I did not catch it, all right. Next up, Superman's secret identity apparently nearly killed one of his closest friends. Spoiler alert for Action Comics number 1050 on sale this week. So apparently the revelation of learning Clark Kent as Superman nearly kills. uh, How can I put this? Great Caesar's ghost. He almost became Great Caesar's ghost. Right, so without completely spoiling it, if you know which character uses that particular exclamation, then you know that that's really that's really what happens in this issue. Which is amusing, given the competition and the revelation—a similar revelation happening with a major character there, and a a very hyper person in a very similar, um, well, was, or at least formerly in a very similar vein, <laughs> mm. would have had a heart attack, but didn't, you know, but anyway, so that's, 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 there's, there's the, the, the distinguished compositions different, but also they stay losing. Anyway, uh, Superman's color scheme redesign makes him, uh, makes his powerful new form official. And this is spoiler alert for DC mech number five, which I did not know was still a thing going, uh, going on. And I have not read any of it, but, um, Apparently, Kal-El becomes Superman in his alternate uh, Pacific Rim-inspired reality, complete with a new paint job for his Kryptonian mech suit, um, etc., etc., etc. So yeah, it's Justice League with mechs, and now he's got a a, a big blue and red mech that to use. So yay! Next up. Uh, in Catwoman number 50, apparently DC kills off one of Batman's weirdest villains. Um, you know, most of the headlines have centered around the death of a character named Valmont, 
uh, Catwoman's most recent love interest. Uh, who? And her subsequent arrest for his murder. But the issue also saw a death of one of Batman's rogues, whose death kicked off the sequence of events leading to the end of Valmont. That villain, Amygdala, who has been a periodic presence in the comics and on TV over the last 30 years or so. Again, who? Yeah, go figure. Okay. Yeah, that works. uh, Batman Mr. Freeze unveils new disturbingly grotesque secret layer, which is a spoiler for Detective Comics uh, 1067, which is on sale now. Um, So apparently Mr. Freeze battles Batman. They have a... Uh, they go at it. Mr. Freeze wakes up in said la- in Mr. Freeze's lair, um, and uh, you know what? If you know about the character of M- Mr. F- Freeze, um, you you know it's cold, and it's ice to meet you. Um, you know what? I won't say too much more about it. So he's got some <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> I was going to say, you're missing the Arnold accent. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it, Stick it, was, terrible. it was terrible either way. <laughs> okay, everybody. Please. Um, Get to the chopper. Indeed. I'm sorry. Wrong yes. movie. Same actor. Yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, but basically, apparently Mr. Freeze's lair has a bunch of uh, crazy, freaky statues and whatnot uh, in it. Ice sculptures and whatnot. So, yeah, there you go. Next up. So, in this week's John Stewart, the Emerald Knight number one one shot, apparently uh, John Ridley, the writer, uh, no, I'm sorry, writer Jeffrey Thorne, I apologize, artist Marco Santucci, colorist Michael Atia, and letterer Rob Lee have undone one of the biggest, most tragic mistakes that John Stewart made in his role as a Green Lantern. Not going to spoil it, but if you are familiar with the character, in most formats, they have touched upon this. So that's interesting. And you can thank Hypertime, apparently. Uh, Apparently. Um, Yeah, I haven't had a chance. I wanted to read this this, this issue, but I didn't get a chance to. So that's why we didn't talk about it. Maybe maybe bring it up next week or something. I don't know. Next up, though, uh, Funko headlines Free Comic Book Day 2023 merchandise. So, Diamond Comic Distributors has uh, announced an um, the upcoming release of the 2023 Free Comic Book Day previews exclusives PX Funko Pop vinyl figure. It's a mouthful. Um, it's available in the weeks uh, leading up to Free Comic Book Day and during the event on Saturday, May 6th, 2023. Uh, and it apparently is drum roll. I was supposed to really want the drum roll. No, not really. But oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's just say change, change, old form of man, rise the demon Etrigan. Ah, and that's all I need to say because if you know who that, that, if you know that character, you know that it is. And if you're not, you can see the pictures on the video version if you're watching it. Next up, Diamond Select Toys in stores now include X-Men, Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, and more. 
Uh, guess what? If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, you can still go out and buy some stuff for yourself. <laughs> and that's that's factually true. Five new, right, five new items just hit comic stores this week, courtesy of Diamond Select Toys and Gentle Giant Limited. Perfect for people on your post-holiday shopping list, especially yourself. Uh, so, you know, as Roddy Cat scrolls through this, you see uh, Marvel animated X-Men Storm, one-seventh scale mini bust, a Star Wars The Clone Wars Cad Bane, one-seventh scale animated mini bust, a Star Wars A New Hope, Tusken Raider Legend, Legends in 3D half-scale bust, Star Wars Rogue One Cash and Andor, one-sixth scale mini bust, Star Wars The Mandalorian Fennec Shan, one-sixth scale mini bust, and that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I don't normally go in for like busts and stuff, but some, but a couple of those are are kind of neat. You know, wait, does Fennec? I think has a figure, but Cassian does not. I, I'm thinking not right? for long. Well, that's also true, but yeah, but at at this current time, I don't think it does. So interesting. Anywho's. Um, Marvel teases new Avengers series, which is pretty much going back to the what uh, was teased with the timeless thing. Um, but yeah, this is basically talks about what was teased out in uh, Times uh, Times uh, Twenty Two Number One, which uh, Agent Seventy talked about earlier, and uh, the speculation as to who's going to be the Avengers writer. Um, even though I haven't read the timeless number one, but given who wrote it kind of makes sense with what H 70 said, you know, right. if it bears out, if it bears out to be that case, then I'd be curious to see what's, what's going to happen in the pages of Avengers. Uh, that being the case, uh, next up. As Ben Percy and Corey Smith continue to tell the tale of Johnny Blaze uh, in Marvel's ongoing Ghost Rider series, another title is launching featuring a different iteration of the character. This coming March 2023, the spirit of vengeance will once again stalk the stars, all thanks to a new cosmic Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider series from writer Stephanie Phillips and artist Juan Cabal. Okay. I think we may have talked about this before, but I don't think we had the creative team at the time. Right. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So, hey, fans of Cosmic Ghost Rider, go for it. Last but not least, um, as of December, this past December 28th, Stan Lee would have been 100 years old. So rest in power, uh, Stan Lee Lieber. Yes. Yes. We miss you, Stan. Indeed, indeed. And of course, you know, social media has, if you've been out there on social media uh, in any length and place, you've seen people talking about it uh, on that day. Right. Right. And artists specifically posting like tribute pieces to him as well. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think, I want to say there was some stuff of his that I think got got reissued uh, this week. Like I think that Chakra, Chakra, uh, series that he did after after the fact uh, came out. There was something else I can't remember because uh, I think I got the covers for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tales of Earth Six. The the thing. The stuff he did with uh, DC. Okay. Yeah, I think that also got reissued uh, this week, but I don't think we got 
uh, the, the copies of it or any of it or whatever that was. But regardless, um, we, you know, we salute you, Stanley, always with us. Um, and that is it, folks, for this week's news. Can we get one last ad, ad, ad read? Not ad read. Oh, goodness. Listen, you know what it is when it's late, we're tired. It's literally the last, you know, the last parts of 2022, a year I would most definitely like to put in the rearview mirror. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. That helps us keep the Comical Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, we are going to put this year in rice. Throw it out with the trash. All that kind of good uh, good mess. But I do thank each and every one of you all for coming out. Yes, yes. And I'll say I'll say this. Okay. No year is ever perfect. No year is ever all good or all bad. It's very much a roller coaster. Ups, very high highs and sometimes very low lows. And that's definitely what 2022 was for myself. I hope it wasn't nearly as peaks and valleys as it was for me. You know, I hope your 2022 was not like that. If it was, hopefully 2023 has a lot more peaks. And I know for some folks it would be like, well, it's, it's, it's not only been 2022, it's been 2021, and in certain respects, 2020. Uh, right. Not in, not in short due to the pandemic, but just, just you know. Just overall, just overall. Yeah, overall world events, just been, shit's been going on. So definitely yep. I echoed the sentiments that I'm hopefully hoping that uh, – 2023 is a better year for everyone um and even even better for for those uh with good minds and hearts <laughs> I will right. add that those who really who really need it and deserve it yes. because they have been you know dealing with some really rough things over the last several years yes so and with that um I have been Radicats. You can find me at Radicats on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those on umbrella sites therein. Uh, and Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, v Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. And of course, and of course, Tim is over there at uh, comicbook.com, writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. 
You can also find us on your podcast portal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Little Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. <coughs> Excuse me. You can also find us, of course, in the new year, um, recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of the, the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation. And twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles make sure to hit like and subscribe and uh you know hit the notification button so that you know when we're on and with that merry new year this has been the comic book chronicles peace peace one one second let me clear my throat merry new year There we go.